Are you looking for the magic to make your life truly count? Do you want the secret formula to make every day your best day yet? Hello, and welcome to the Finishing on Fire radio show. And now, here are your show hosts, Dave Wadsworth and Greg Vance. I'm excited to talk uh, about this episode, but I'm also sad because it's a tough, tough subject. And yeah. um, it's, it's, um, it's one that you, you hope you never have to, um, to go through. Uh, but but we also we see it we see it all the time. But it, basically the title is um, uh, we're talking about death, and we're talking about the death of your child, which is a true tragedy, uh, something that um, is just comes with unimaginable pain and suffering. And um, I just uh, it's it's a tough one, but you know we got to talk about the tough stuff uh, because. Uh, you never know. And uh, sometimes we've got listeners out here, Greg, and that's what we want to do. We want to help them through. And this may be something, this episode that helps them kind of deal with that pain as, as they mm-hmm. struggle with it. Or maybe it helps someone that they know uh, deal with the pain because we have some resources here we're going to talk about. And I think they, they will be very helpful. So um, that's, that's our topic, death of your child. Yeah, I think that's a great point about, um, you know, I've not experienced this personally in our, in our family, you know, thankfully. Um, but I know people who have experienced the death of a child and I think it's so important to consider, um, what they're going through, but that at small things can make a difference. So for example, I remember, um, uh, where my, where my, uh, kids went to school and this was probably his son would have been about 15 at the time. And he had, um, had passed away and, and it was a, you know, prolonged illness and just degenerating and all that. But the morning of the funeral, we couldn't go or anything. And we're, we're, we're acquaintances with this family. So we're not even that close, but uh, in that morning, I sent him a quick text and just kind of said, you know, Hey, thinking of you. And I sent him a quick, um, uh, Bible verse that had just popped out to me that morning. And it was probably two weeks later. He just, um, we saw them somewhere. We were out together and with our, uh, and just ran into them. And he made mention of how, what a big deal that was to have that verse that morning and how much it meant to him. And I just, you know, I didn't give it a thought. I just thought, you know, maybe this will be helpful or something like that. And it, it, it made the biggest impact. So it's kind of one of those things of just not going, not knowing what other people are going through and what they may need. But you may yeah. have this quick thought and it, it can make a real difference for people. Yeah, that's that's a good point. You know, you know we shouldn't ever hesitate on saying a kind word or, or doing a kind um, deed mm-hmm. or, or making a, a kind gesture to someone, especially someone we know that that's dealt with, with a tragedy. So many times we don't have the words, but make the effort, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and if you feel that nudge, you know how you have that gut feeling. It's like, wow. Or somebody comes across your mind, send them a text, yeah. uh, send them, uh, send them a note. Hey, you know, I don't know exactly why, but I was thinking of you today and I said a prayer for you because, you know, whatever, 
and right. and I tell you what, those those really uh, could be just what they need at that point. I, I just went through a situation. I have a friend um, actually at my church, and his son, um, early thirties, his son just just died immediately, just instantly. Mm. He had a heart attack. He was kind of a heavy fellow, and and wasn't in good shape physically, uh, but he didn't have COVID or anything like that, but all of a sudden has this heart attack and he's gone. And that's such an unnatural situation to be in, to lose your son or your daughter, uh, to lose a child. It, it, it's not right. You shouldn't be burying your children. Okay. Uh-huh. You're supposed to, in, in the, in the grand scheme of life, you're supposed to live and then your children, you'll pass on and your children, you know, take care of burying you, but to bury a child, uh, is something that is just so tragic. And yes. uh, I've, I've sent this gentleman several texts uh, over this last few months. And he, um, a lot of times he'll reply, he'll say, thank you, Dave. I really needed that today. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and so <laughs> you don't know. And Greg, you make a great point there. So I appreciate you bringing that up. So, yeah. Sure. I, you know what, Greg, <laughs> You know, I had some notes for what we were going to go through here, and I'm, I'm going to go off script just a little bit. <laughs> Off-road. Not, yeah, we're going to go off-roading. Put it in four-wheel drive. Here we go. Hang on, everybody. Right. Yeah. Buckle up. Um, you probably don't need the roll cage, but but you do need a seatbelt. So, um, you know, I didn't really think about this, but when you mentioned this, not having someone in your family, you know, directly that's, that's buried a child. Let me tell you a situation that happened. And, um, this will probably hit home with a lot of people, but, um, a few years ago, that's been four years ago now, um, for years, this is what happened. My, my son and daughter got married and for a couple three years at Christmas, I would say, I asked my wife, I said, honey, what would you like for Christmas? She says, I only want one thing. She says, I want to hear that I'm going to be a grandma. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> she just wanted the news that she was going to be a grandma because that was her, that would have been her big gift. Well, we got a call um, in May um, and um, it was Mother's Day. We got a call and our son and daughter-in-law said, hey, come over. We want to talk to you and visit, you know, visit with you. So after church, we went over to their house, we sat down with them, and they announced, hey, we're pregnant, going to have a baby. We haven't told, you know, just told her parents, I think, and that's it. So this was all brand new news. And so sure. they kept it kind of hush-hush. And, but she was fairly far along, several weeks, and uh, it was definitely, you know, confirmed and so forth. And my wife, she was doing a happy dance. She was just going crazy. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, then um, the next Sunday, uh, so seven days later, we got a call and uh, Adam uh, said that we lost the baby. And so uh, our daughter-in-law had miscarried. And so basically we lost our first grandchild. Okay. And it just, it hurt so bad. And, and it hurt so much for my son and my daughter-in-law. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Brooke says today, there's not a day goes by that she doesn't think about that little child that she lost um, and what happened there. And then my son, um, I'm not big on tattoos, but he put a tattoo on his thigh and there's a little 
pink balloon on that tattoo. And that's for that little baby that they lost. Wow. That's and, great. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And then, and, and uh, you talk about kind of tragedies and, and, and tragic lives and death. Um, so we, we found out mother's day, we were going to be grandparents the next, next Sunday, we found out we lost the grandbaby that, that, uh, she miscarried. And then four days later, my dad died mm. unexpectedly. Just, you know, we, he just took a turn for the worse and, uh, we thought he was going to get better. And then all of a sudden he just, you know, he was gone by midnight, he was gone. And it's like, wow. It's like, that's enough of this, you know, <laughs> that was, that was ugly on top of ugly. And, um, so it just, you know, part of life, but it, it's tragic. And, uh, and even though that baby was not, didn't go to full term, uh, and so forth, uh, it still hurts. And, and when she said, yeah, there's not a day goes by. I don't think of that little child, you know, that's, that's tough. So, but, uh, mm. uh, that just, that just come up. I thought I'd bring that in. Uh, and, and talk about that because we are talking about losing um, a child and uh, and how painful that that is. So, yeah, so moving on, Greg. Go I ahead. Say, I say I appreciate you sharing that because you know there's been um, <clears throat> I don't know if uh, if um, things are just different these days. You know, it seems like growing up, even when you were in your 20s or 30s, you didn't hear about that many people. Um, couples having miscarriages, but now it seems like it's happening more frequently. But like you said, it doesn't, uh, like you as a potential grandparent, um, you know, it's disappointing and, you know, you have, you have, um, you know, strong feelings over that emotionally. But I think the real thing is you just feel for your, for your kids, whether it's your son or your daughter, uh, that may be a part of that, that couple. And so I think that's, you know, that's great to share that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, one of those things as, as I thought through and I thought, wow, that's, that's a true loss. And, uh, and, and just based on their, their words that they used and their actions, uh, how it impacted their life. And so, um, mm -hmm. uh, and if, if you read my book, finishing on fire, uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's called finishing on fire. And it's talking about uh, live your legacy of purpose, passion, and prosperity. And in that book, uh, I, I talk about um, my little granddaughter, Harper Lee. And so my son and daughter-in-law, did uh, th they did get pregnant again and did have a successful um, birth and uh, a very healthy child. And so uh, out of the ashes, ashes, um, uh, a new child was, was brought forth and uh, we're very excited. And I talk about Harper Lee in uh, my book, uh, looking at the eyes of a, uh, through the eyes of a three-year-old and, and how they, they live with such passion and excitement mm -hmm. and thrill of the day. And that's, that's really what, what we're talking about when we talk about uh, living life on fire and, and finishing our life strong and, and making every day count because, because that's really what, what we're doing here. That's what we're trying to help people do is, is focus on the right things and, and not having those regrets in life. And, uh, and that leads me to the, um, talk about the event itself. Um, you know, in the book, we talk about um, the flags of life and, uh, and I describe those and I'll, I'll talk about those, but this is what we call a black flag event in life. Yep. And when you have a black flag in a race, everything stops. It's just, 
stopped dead in its tracks. Nothing goes uh, goes on from there. So, but but in a race, whether you know an in Indianapolis 500 or or a NASCAR race, whatever, you have all these flags. And one is the green flag, which is always the start of the race, mm-hmm. uh, or a restart. If they have an accident, they clean up the mess and then they restart it. It's a green flag. A yellow flag talks about the hazard. Uh, hazardous situation you got to slow down and be careful and I talk about that in my book how you'll have these yellow flags in life and you need to kind of slow down and 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 take uh, uh, precautions and and in the situation then a red flag is is a a major danger flag Mm -hmm. that is used uh, in a race Um, and then of course you have the white flag which is your 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 final lap flag in, in a race and then the checkered flag is 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 the victory lap that's when you, you finish the race uh, but the one we're talking about today uh, it's a black flag event okay and that's that's really really uh, a, a, a nasty situation but uh, it's in chapter seven um, page 81 of my book but I have a couple of quotes here um, that I wanted to um, to read about those black flag events if I can find them here I tell you what, <laughs> I get lost. Uh, I lose myself. So, but um, these uh, black flag events, you know, they, they seem like they just come out of the blue. You know, they just hit us. And, um, and we just, I don't know, it's like we're blindsided. So help me, Greg, what, what page am I going to? Do you know? I think I'm lost. Here we go. Yeah, I want to read a little bit about the black flag. It says uh, here, I'm going to quote, the black flag is truly the most serious signal of the whole series. Yes, black is the traditional color of death and ultimate sorrow. When the black flag rears its ugly head in our life, we are shocked. Everything instantly stops. Life as we know it is altered and changed forever. The life that we enjoyed or experienced only moments before is swept away at the blink of an eye. Shock and instant sorrow often accompany these dreaded revelations of death and loss. It happens when we least expect it. It comes like a thief in the night. And uh, that is so true, how, how death and tragedy just, um, they just come on us in a mm-hmm. blink of an eye in an instant. And, uh, and it, just, it just stops everything. Yeah, I love your analogies of the, you know, about the flags for auto racing, because, you know, that's the same way it is um, when you see a mishap or serious accident in an auto race as well. It just happens at a moment's notice. And it's just, you know, a shock to everybody kind of like it is can be in life. You know, and and the thing today, our life seems like it's just speeding by. It's like we're going at such breakneck speed and just things are happening he thinks are happening and it's like okay you're just trying to keep up you're trying to keep from getting run over uh and then all of a sudden something happens like this everything comes to a screeching halt right because time stops <laughs> time stops that's a good way to say it yeah 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 time stops because your life is, is totally upside down at that point uh, you know in an instant you know, everything has changed. Everything, everything has changed. That person that has been a part of your life for, for maybe one, two, three, 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, and at no age do you get to where, uh, you know, my mom is 86. I'm sure if one of her children, there's four of us, one of us would die 
it would be a crushing blow to her, uh, even at 86, you know, and, and we're, you know, we're up there in age. Uh, and, and, and there's no point where yeah. losing a child isn't extremely painful. Exactly. But, but I think as a younger, uh, a younger, younger child, I think the tragedy is, is kind of um, multiplied. It's just kind of my thinking, such a, a waste of, of, of life and potential. So, mm -hmm. mm. yeah thanks for sharing that yeah uh the one thing we had here you know i read a book here not too long ago and i want to bring that up um and it and it talks about losing a child and and so i thought it was very appropriate it, it's called lament for a son uh it's it's by nick Walterstorff, Walterstorff, it's hard to say, but anyway, uh, it's called Lament for a Son, and I read that book, and um, and he lost his son in a tragedy. Uh, it was a, a mountain climbing accident where he fell. He was by himself, which was a mistake. You don't ever climb alone, but right. he went out, uh, and he was fairly experienced, uh, very adventuresome young man. Uh, what was, I think you said the age was 25, didn't 25. you? 25, yeah, he was 25 years old. Yeah, uh, and he was in Austria, so he was in, uh, I guess it'd be considered Eastern Europe, and uh, he was climbing, he, he had gone over there, uh, he had been through college, he had started his career, a very successful young man, very bright young man, and uh, and one day he, he goes, he's hiking up the mountain, and an accident occurs, and, and, and he falls to his death, and, um, and his dad, this uh, Nick, talks about the whole process of, of, you know, his life, all of a sudden, you know, he's lost a son, he gets contacted uh, by the folks over in Austria, and, and all of a sudden, their, their world changes, yes. and he just talks about the pain, um, each step that they go through, he had to, to, to fly to Austria to, to identify his son and, and, and uh, take possession of his body and, and have him sent back uh, to the U.S. for proper burial. And, and he goes through all the feelings and emotions of, of losing his son and, and just, just instantly his life changing and uh, all the possibilities that were lost. You know, the potential of his son was, was uh, immense. Right. Uh, what what he could have done and, and he had already accomplished so much in his life and yet here's a dad who is mourning and of course mom and and uh you know friends and family alike they're just and it's almost like um and this is part of his i think his grieving process um that he went through and he wanted to help others understand you know that they're not alone and he, and he tried to explain, and, and also I think what he kind of explained here was, was how, like you said, how do you respond to someone that has lost a son mm -hmm. and, and, and what they're feeling and, and what you did, you know, sending a text or a quote or uh, just a prayer, you know, and saying, hey, you know, I'm thinking about you, I care about you, I love you, those kind of things. And his dad uh, talks about, you know, that and, you know, we don't know what to say, you know, you don't have words. But being there for them, letting them know, hey, I'm thinking about you because I know you're hurting. Right. And, um, and that, that's uh, that's a really good resource. I think people, um, 
if you've lost a child, uh, this is a, a good book you need to, to check into, to read it. And because uh, it goes through that whole grieving process and the whole, the questions, so many questions. I remember him asking, you know, mm-hmm. you know, why this, why that, you know, and, and, you know, he talked about, you know, getting his son's possessions, you know, his, his, his hiking boots, you know, and, and, you know, do you, you know, do you pass those on to someone? Do you, you know, uh, to give them to a friend that can use them or what do you do? You know, I mean, right. Just those weird questions that go through your mind that, uh, you know, it, it reminds me of something, a, a, a time that I didn't understand this, but my mother-in-law passed away. She lived in a, a high-rise apartment, an elderly folks apartment in uh, Washington, Indiana. And I remember the day she passed. Um, we went to her apartment. Uh, we we uh, we got her and we said, you know, Dorothy, we got to take you to, uh, you know, to a nursing home because you just cannot. We got she got to the point where she couldn't live on her own. We took her to the nursing home. Um, and then within a few hours, they transported her to the hospital. And then I believe it was uh, by midnight. She was dead. She passed. I mean, it was that quick. Just boom, boom, boom. And uh, and I remember. You know, sitting in the in the van, I, I was waiting for Glenda to come down. It was just me and Dorothy, and and she asked how I was doing, and and we talked a little bit, just kind of small talk. And I just remember, you know, hearing her breathe and 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 just the struggling. And um, and my wife later mentioned that that typically that's what they call a death rattle when mm. they get to a point where they're you know, and and I didn't realize, you know, she was she was that close. But and when we thought she was, you know okay because we put her in the nursing home she checked in everything she, she kind of got situated and then all of a sudden they uh, i think it was maybe four hours later or five hours then they transported they said oh we need to take her to the hospital so they transported her and then and she was gone quickly very quickly so um but you just don't know but but here's the, the thing that i didn't realize we immediately had to go in and clean out the apartment. And she had a lot of clothing. She had some nice clothing, nothing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, fancy, fancy, but nice. And and we, we, we went down, we got off the elevator and we run into a lady that had lived there and she knew, you know, Dorothy and stuff. And she asked about her clothing. She said, Dorothy had some nice clothes, you know, um, you know, did you get rid of those? And we had we had taken those to uh, Goodwill or Salvation Army there. And we never really thought about the residents right there uh, mm. that she lived with on a daily basis. They could have made good use of her clothes, you know, because they would see her, you know, down in the recreation room and stuff. And and I thought my mindset wasn't there, you know, to think, oh, my goodness, these people here uh, you know, they could have used all this stuff. And, and we, you know, of course, somebody got used because we took it to Goodwill or Salvation Army. But sure. still, you know, in that situation, I feel like I, I was just very unaware uh, of what I should have been doing, you know, and opportunities that I missed because we were in the, the throes of a death and, and not, you know, quite thinking that through. So, Wow, that's an incredible chain of events to have happen in such a short time. I, I don't know if I've ever heard something take place that quickly before. Talk about making time stop 
I must imagine that, you know, when you heard the news, you probably went like, how, what, how can that be? Oh, it was a shocker. It was yeah. a shock. She, she walked out. We went down to the, uh, <clears throat> went down the elevator, uh, got to the ground floor. She walked out to the van and, and got in the van. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, I didn't, she didn't have a walker or anything, just, you know, got in, she was fine and sat down and it just, and then all of a sudden, wow, things just, you know, turned quickly. Right, quickly. Right. And, and yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, it was tough. That was, that was tough. So yeah, this is a depressing episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, for a, for a more uplifting thought, you know, you told me a little bit better about this book and we both, you know, you've listened to it. I haven't read it, but I read about it a little bit more online and, you know, the, the kind of cool part was the, the dad, Nick, used this um, to help so many other people, you know, to help give a voice to the pain of um, loss because it, it happens in so many different ways and timings and, and um, you know, so many different circumstances. But, you know, that's, that's one of the positive things that can come out of some grief like this is you can use it to help other people. Kind of like if you, you know, if the, and I don't remember the woman's name, but the woman that started um, MAD, uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, yes, she yes. had a personal tragedy and used that to start an organization that has gone national. It may have gone global. I don't know. But I think it has, I, yes. Yeah, right. But it's definitely made a huge impact nationally, um, both for people that had, had already suffered some kind of loss, but also prevented so many. And, you know, that's a great outcome to think about uh, taking that tragedy and turn it into something positive. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's what you've got to do. You've got to take what you get. Um, basically you, 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 you play with the cards that you're dealt. Right. And uh, you never know. I just participated in a, uh, a charity auction online uh, with a young man who um uh, he was going to college here locally. He was driving and he got, he was on icy roads and he spun out and got hit and, and he's been semi-paralyzed. He got, he's, um, he broke part of a bone in his neck and then had a severe tra- um, a brain injury. And uh, so it affected, you know, he, he basically like having a stroke. Uh, okay. part of this, you know, he has trouble walking and, and talking and so forth, but I was yeah, young man, good young man. And now he's, it's been since I think 08. So it's been about 12 years and I participated in an auction. It, it's the, um, it's called the Travis Burkhart foundation and okay. uh, Travis Burkhart, fine young man. And, um, now he didn't, he didn't pass away. He was close. Oh my gosh. He was very close many times actually. Um, uh, and part of it was was the accident. Part of it was poor uh, medical uh, assistance. But but anyway, um, he's doing quite well, doing a lot better. But his parents have turned that event in life, that that tough, tragic situation, and and really done a lot. And they did this auction out in Iowa, and uh, and raised. Uh, actually, they were thinking they'd raise you know a couple thousand dollars, maybe you know just something you know to help because they help other people oh, cool. that have had these tragedies. And, and when the, the bills don't meet, when they, when the medical insurance stops and then there's still bills for like, you know, gas for move, you know, for, for traveling and, and going back and forth to doctor's visits or hospital treatments or whatever. Yep. Well, they're trying to help fill that gap. Okay. And so, but they raised 
over 30, I think $33,000 at this wow. auction, online auction. It was just amazing, you know, the results and what happened through that. And it's just people, you know, pulling together. But but the the uh, Mike and, and um, Kim Burkhart, wonderful people, the friends of mine. I've actually, I've known Mike since I was a little boy. And, um, and just, I love to see what they've done, you know, in the tragedy, even though they didn't lose, you know, Travis, he has been, you know, forever impacted in a way, and and they have turned that situation into to helping so many people. So that was exciting to be a, a part of that auction and to watch that happen, and and mm -hmm. so forth. And, and I think that's what we want to do is encourage people when they do go through these situations that there is a way to turn the bad into a good. Mm -hmm. uh, or, or bring some good out of it, it no matter how bad it is. Uh, and, and you may not see it immediately. You may not see it for months or even years, but you can, you just have to keep looking and looking and looking. So, so that's, that's what we're trying to encourage um, people. Mm, perfect. So I, th oh. I think, you, I think you had another story to tell us. Yeah, um, I've got a, yeah, I know. I've got a, oh my gosh, this is a, this is a really hard one too. I don't have all the details. I have enough, but this happened several years ago here locally. And of course I, I operate heavy equipment <clears throat> and we have a, um, I have a, a friend of mine and, and it was her, um, her nephew. That's what happened to her husband's uh, brother is what happened. But, but I operate, you know, I've operated bulldozers, back hose, track hose, um, you know, all that stuff, bobcats and those things. But, but this gentleman, uh, he was probably, was he 40 maybe? No, he's probably upper thirties and he had a three year old son. And what happened, um, the equipment company, local uh, dealership brought out a, a bulldozer for them to, um, to try out and see if they would, you know, could mm. use it in their business uh, for excavating and stuff. And, uh, and it had a cab on it, you know, and it had, um, uh, you know, lost safety features and things, but his, his three-year-old son, um, he, he wanted to ride in the bulldozer. So he had his dad had him up in the cab of the bulldozer and, and something happened. And I, I don't know if the boy, um, you know, kind of got jostled around in the cab. They hit a bump or something. And he, he hit, um, the lever on, on the side window and it opened and he fell out of mm. the cab uh, and, and his dad uh, didn't realize it. And, and before he knew it, he had fallen, he went down and, and he, he was run over and killed. Mm. Um, and it was just so, so tragic to, to um, you know, he lost his three-year-old son. Okay. And, and I'm sure they were buddies, you know, you know how a little boy and his dad, you know, and, three sure. years old, they've had a lot of time to bond together. And then uh, not only to lose him and lose him in such a tragic way, but to the, the feeling of guilt uh, uh, accompanied with this accident, what happened? It was just a freak thing. Uh, just something that, you know, uh, one in a zillion times it would happen, you know, but, uh, and, and just, and, and I ran into that fellow a couple years after this happened and I didn't really know him. I knew his brother pretty well and stuff, but what do you say? What mm. do you say to that person? I mean, um, you know, I talked to him and, and uh, you know, we just talked about business and stuff, but it's like, wow, how do you recover from that? 
you know how do you how that's do you, tough hmm. how do you know how do you live you know with, with the fact that you know just losing your child that is just unimaginable pain in my my mind but but to feel like you know uh, you were responsible in some way, even though it was a freak accident, a totally right. freak accident. It's still, still a scary thing. So, so that's one of those things. I think Greg, how we talk about how things can just turn on a dime that uh, life is so precious that what you need to do is live each and every day on purpose and, and make it your best day. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, and, enjoy the people you're with and, and, and the, uh, the things that you're doing. And, and I've got a quote I'll, I'll, I'll bring up here after a while about that. And basically, you know, talking about, um, in the book, it, it, it talks about focusing on, you know, uh, living each day, but, uh, yeah, that's a tragedy that happened that, that I just, and, and I ran into another guy, uh, here maybe a year or so ago at, he was the equipment guy that, had talked to this fellow and said, Hey, I want you to try out this bulldozer. And he was the one that got it out there, delivered it out to their farm or, yeah. or their property so they could use it on a, on a project and try it out for the weekend. Sure. And, and he was said, yeah, I was the one that, you know, that got him the bulldozer and stuff. And I'm like, how would that make you feel? Exactly. You know, you know I mean, so, so this thing has a lot of, uh, of tentacles that reach out and, 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 and just, you know, there's a lot of guilt and shame and, and regrets to go around, uh, even though it was just a, an accident. It was just a tragedy and, and stuff. So, so mm. just, I don't know. That's tough. I just, I can't imagine, can't imagine that. So, you know, there's another, um, we were talking here, another story that <clears throat> is actually pretty famous. Um, you've probably heard of the, um, uh, singing singer Stephen Curtis Chapman. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And the tragedy that uh, I, I believe all of their children are adopted. But anyway, there was an accident that took place when one of their little girls, her name was Maria, if I remember right, that um, she was accidentally hit by in their driveway by their son who didn't see her. She ran in the path of the oh. vehicle. And oh. so the way they've dealt with that is that they've, they've established a, um, an ongoing, uh, nonprofit that helps other people adopt, um, you know, overseas adoptions and things like that. And so that's how they've kind of poured into the suffering that they've had as, as a result of that, to, you know, yeah. just as another way to make something positive out of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I know. I think they, uh, they may live um, or have a place down here on Kentucky Lake. I'd heard uh, okay. just okay. down below a couple hours away from here, hour and a half, actually from where I live. So yeah, isn't that amazing how yeah. uh, people will do that. And, and, uh, and it just helps you. I think you, what you do, you focus and you say, wow, life is precious and life is you know fleeting at times and, and just, oh my gosh. And how precious life is it, it really is so wow yeah, and think and think about the alternative i mean if you were to think about you or me were to think about ourselves and how are you how would you react in a situation like that and the, f- the first thought is you think i'm just going to crawl up in a ball and go go yeah. away and never talk to anybody again so it's so encouraging to see somebody that 
that's able to take the energy and put it in a positive direction that uh, that inspires me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I was just thinking this before we came on the show, which is kind of weird. Um, I built a lake behind my house. You've, you've seen it. You've been here. Um, Mm -hmm. I've got a couple islands and I have a big rope swing Mm -hmm. and a zip line, really cool stuff. And, and Harper, uh, she's going to be four in June, June 22nd. And uh, we talk about her coming out to fish and and have fun. And eventually she'll be swimming in the lake and she'll be, you know, swinging off the zip line or the, uh, the rope swing. It's huge. Great big rope swing. And then a zip line, all that stuff. And, and I just, thoughts have gone through my mind. What if something happened with her? Yeah. I remember when I was building the lake, uh, I, I actually uh, borrowed a bulldozer. I, I borrowed a tractor and a, and a scraper, a pan to move the dirt. And I built the, the lake myself. I actually engineered it, uh, had it all designed and, and then set on it for five years. This is the way my wife tells the story. This is great. I set on the design. <laughs> I had it engineered. And I designed the water level. Uh, to be one foot below our basement floor, which it's close enough that if the water would back up somehow underground, it wouldn't flood the house. It wouldn't flood the basement because okay. I, the water level is below the basement floor. But I, I just designed it that way. But I built that 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 uh, lake, and I would just pray and pray and pray that nobody would ever get hurt out here. Uh, and we've sure. had hundreds and hundreds of kids we had youth groups and different uh groups of kids from the church they come out we've had as many as i think we had 500 kids one summer uh, oh my gosh it was crazy (laughs) but uh but i mean i i was on that dozer and i prayed and prayed and prayed um that it you know nobody would get hurt but i thought if Harper was out here and somehow you know there was an accident she drowned or something greg i think i would almost just go in and drown myself. I mean, you just want to, mm, you know, you'd right. want to die. You absolutely would want to die. And I just, uh, I just, I just can't imagine people going through this and the pain and, and I just, I hate talking about it, but it happens, you know, things happen. Things happen. Right. And, totally and out of our control. Yeah. They're, they're out of our control. And so, and we don't understand it. Uh, we, you know, we just have to, to deal with it. So Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, hey, we need to move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've been talking all, all day on this. Um, I do want to bring in uh, this point. Um, there's a movie I watched here recently, and and I'd mentioned to you earlier, Greg, and and it's about a young man uh, that passed away, and and he really made his life count. Um, the movie, the the kid's name is Zach Sobiak, something like that. Sobiak, I think it was, and. Um, the movie was made by, by uh, Disney. It's called Clouds, C-L-O-U-D-S, Clouds, like in the sky. Really cool. And this kid, he was in high school and he got cancer. And he goes through this whole process of, um, you know, the emotions, you know, of, okay, he'd gone through all these treatments. He'd gone through, I think, 26 different series of, of, of chemo treatments and all this stuff. I mean, he'd... And, and then he finally, uh, he, he was laying there and, and he got the report from his, his last um, uh, situation was, um, you know, it was hope that he was terminal, okay, that he was going to die. And, um, and they didn't know how long, it, it could be just a few months or six months. And, and he said, he made a comment, he says, Do I, can I quit the chemo? 
you know, he asked his mom and dad in there, you mm. know, can I quit the chemo? Cause he, it had just ripped him to pieces. I mean, every time just, you know, how chemo does, it just destroys your immune system. And then you're, you're, you're like, have to build it up. And, and it's just like, right. it's squashing you. But, but he says, you know, and then he, he had a goal. <clears throat> he wanted to make it uh, to prom, you know, which had been the next fall or next spring. Okay. And this was uh, in the summer, uh, fall, he was back in school. And so it goes through and, and his mom encouraged him to write letters to people and, and talk about this and, and just, you know, tell people how he was feeling and what he was thinking and, you know, just expressing to them. And instead, him and his friend, who's a, a girl, uh, they were buddies uh, from, from way back. They started writing songs and they would, you know, he had a guitar, he played guitar and they would write songs and, and they were really pretty good songs. And, and one of them they put on uh, YouTube, I think it was, and it went viral. I mean, it just mm. went crazy. And you got, you know, I don't know, a million some songs they had actually ended up uh, downloads from from Apple. I think it was over. It was between one and two million. It was a bunch. And and they ended up cutting a, an album. And uh, and this movie is, is really awesome. It's called Clouds and, and okay. it's Zach Sobiak story. And I just that is, is one where instead of an immediate death, uh, we're talking about a, a mother losing her child over time and, and going through the ups and downs of the treatment. And then, you know, and then can you imagine, um, you know, the parent, they feel so helpless, right? You know, it's, it's not like a broken leg where you say, okay, we're going to get, get you, you know, an x-ray. We're going to figure out, do we need to put pins in it or do we just need to set it and, you know, and cast it and then give it time and, and all this it's not that way. It, it, it right. was terminal. And so it goes through this whole process and it was just, it was just a great, great movie. So, um, but uh, I want, I wanted to bring that up and, and I have a quote, I had another quote in here in the, in the book I wanted to talk about. Okay. Uh, trying to think here. <laughs> no, actually, Oh, this, this was from the movie. This is what I want. Oh, I love this. And this, this is kind of, we can kind of wrap this up with this. Um, we, we talk about our two minute warning and going into that. And that's what we're going to talk about here. But the quote is, this is what Zach said. And this is so great. You don't have to know you are dying to start living. Mm. I just, I love that. Wow, that's a you, great quote. You don't have to know you are dying to start living. And I, I think so many times, especially with somebody that's, that, that's terminal, all of a sudden, it's not a black flag. I mean, they haven't died yet, but they know they're going to die. And so all of a sudden it's like, whoa, my priorities have changed because I, why do I have to go to college now? Or why do I have to go to class? Why do I have to do these things? And he went through that whole process. You know, why do I need to do, uh, fill out my college? Um, he had a college essay he was going to write. Well, why do I need to write a college essay? Because I'm not even going to live to, to get to college, you know? And so you go through all these emotions, but, but I love that quote. You don't have to know you're dying to start living. And, and I think we just need to start living. We, mm -hmm. we need to realize that, you know, today could be it. So we need to, you know, we need to start living. And um, so I think um, our, our two minute warning that I want to bring out, Now, 
It's time for the two-minute warning. All right, here's your challenge. This is our call to action, uh, your two-minute warning. Um, and this is going to be easy, but I want you to do it, okay? I want you to go and rent or, or, or download this movie. I want you to watch the movie Clouds. The Disney movie, it's called Clouds, uh, the Zach Sobiec story. Listen, you will thank me later. So, <laughs> so I'm telling you, you do this. This is a challenge. Do it now because it will help you to get your perspective correct. Um, you know, if, you, if you've um, lost a child or you know somebody that has, this will help you with some of those emotions and, and, and maybe some of the things that, that through this movie that you'll say, oh, I need to do that to help this person through it. So uh, that's, that's your challenge. That's what we want you to do. Watch the movie Clouds. Thank you for listening to the Finishing on Fire radio show. Be sure to visit finishingonfire.com for more great content. Go light your world.